0: God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. let dry ground appear. Let the land produce vegetation. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let there be a light in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the water team with live in creatures and let birds fly over the earth. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our likeness. So God created mankind in his own image, male and female. saw that all he had made and it was very good And, and on the seventh day God rested It is good to have you with us this morning as we begin a uh, new series looking at the first chapters of the book of Genesis. This morning, as you have probably gleaned by now, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1 In the Beginning, God Created. You know, we see it every day. Evolution in our culture is assumed and accepted as fact. You go to the museum, you read a book, there's no question about order and time. We look back at our non-human ancestors, accept the evolutionary process. And as Christians, we may struggle with that also. We have a mindset where we we don't necessarily want to confuse religion with science. Or maybe we say, you know, I'm not a scientist and the debate is really not that important. And we may even think that the Bible doesn't have very much to say about science. and, And so we can separate faith and science in our lives. But this morning i want to challenge you that god does have something to say about it and this morning we are going to look at the debate what is the real battle and is it really that important let's pray father as we come before you may we recognize you as creator of the universe and in recognizing that help us to realize what that means to us and what it means about our relationship with you and your relationship with each one of us in the world in which we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God assumed that as fact. Where... Our culture today may assume evolution. And then it goes on and throughout the first chapter of Genesis as the worship team led us through looking at the six days of creation. And it ends in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 31. And that says, Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Recently, I was uh, in listening to some children recite "Awana verses, and there was a uh, very young girl that was reciting Genesis: 131. And you could tell she had practiced and practiced and practiced. But she made one little error that she couldn't get out of her mind. She said this, then saw everything that God had made, and indeed it was pretty good. <laughs> and so I being the uh, pastor, the fill-in there at Awana, but the pastor, I mean, okay, now, it's, it's not pretty good, it's, it's very good. And so she said, okay. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was pretty good. And so we went on, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes describing the difference between pretty and very. Uh, We maybe didn't spend quite that amount of time. But but fortunately, before it was over, she recognized that God saw everything that He made and it was very good. So let's step back. And and this morning, I, I trust whether you are consumed by science, or science is something you barely passed in high school, that this morning will be an encouragement and a challenge to each one of you, and me also. But we need to begin with, what is science? Science is something that is observable and repeatable. So that leads us to the question of the real battle. It's not a battle of science. It's really a battle of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's not a battle of faith versus science or religion versus science. Both creation and evolution require faith. Unfortunately, we often fall into the trap of of thinking that it is faith versus science. But in order for me to believe creation, it requires faith. I wasn't there to observe it. I can't repeat it. But the evolutionist has the same struggle. No matter how old they are, they weren't there to observe it, and they can't repeat it. So it's not a battle of faith versus science, or religion versus science, or the Bible versus science. It's a battle of faith. What do you believe? And again, very well-meaning people struggle with this question. But we need to recognize the seriousness of the battle. Evolutionary biologist Ernst Mayer Mayer said this, No educated person any longer questions the validity of the so-called theory of evolution, which we now know to be a simple fact. I happen to disagree with him. However, we need to recognize that there are many holes in the evolutionary theory. And time has not filled those holes. In fact, as new scientific discoveries are found, they throw more question on evolution and further point to order and point to a creator. We still have not found the missing links. Scientific dating methods have been found to have errors. And as we grow in technology, we are amazed at the order and precise working of the universe. And more and more... Although it may not be loudly published, scientists are questioning the basis of evolution. We see evolution in one area is based upon uniformitarianism. You say, boy, I didn't come here for science class this morning. Well... Uniformitarianism basically says that everything proceeds, has proceeded, will proceed now, and in the future will proceed at the same rate. But we see that's not always how it happens. A great recent example of how things may not go in that order is what took place in Mount St. Helens. Fairly close to here. In fact, if you were like me, it was cool to go out in the morning and see little bits of ash falling down and, and wiping your car off, not, by, not of snow, but of ash. But what happened if someone came and knew nothing about Mount St. Helens and, and went there to that region where that eruption took place, they would have a very difficult time correctly determining the order and time frame that things took place. And there are hundreds of examples like Mount St. Helens, things like the Universal Flood, Ice Age, many other drastic changes to the earth that radically changed how things look. Evolution has a desired answer, and they attempt to make the facts fill the preferred answer. But that doesn't work. I remember hearing the story of, uh, you remember Science Fair? Now, I don't know if this one really happened, and uh, if you're a frog lover, I apologize beforehand. But uh, these two young men were determining that they were going to to do a a science project with a frog. And so they put the frog on the table, they hit the table and yelled, jump, and the frog jumped. So they removed a leg. And they did the same thing, and the frog, a little awkwardly, but jumped. And so they wrote their conclusion, frog with three legs can jump. So then they removed another leg. And did the same thing, and it, again, a little more awkward, but the frog jumped. And frog with two legs can jump. So they did a third leg. Same thing, not much, but they still considered it a jump, so frog with one leg can jump. Then they removed the final leg and yelled, jump. Frog just sat there, pounded the table, yelled, jump. So what was their ultimate conclusion? Frog with no legs can't hear. And what happens is is we sit there and we say, well, this is our desired result, so we're going to take everything we can and things that don't fit it we're just going to ignore and then other things that we're going to try to twist and turn to make it fit what we want it, or the conclusion we want to come out. It's a battle of faith, but it's also a battle of authority. Evolution in their own definition, is built upon two things, naturalism and materialism. And they teach that nature is all there is, and there, are no, there is no spiritual realm. But compare that to creation. In creation, God is the center of the universe, while with evolution, man is the highest point in the process, so man, by default, becomes the center of everything. And evolution leads to humanism. Humanism basically means man is the center, man is the ultimate. But we can say, well, is that really important? Well, let's take some of the results that would occur if there is no creator, if the universe evolved by random chance. And let's take some of these to their conclusion. And I'm just going to share a few, there are a lot more. But if God did not create, then. If God did not create, then there's no evidence for God. That goes in the face of Romans 1.20, which says, For since the creation of the world, His, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhood, so that they are without excuse. You see, the creation points to the Creator. Creation points to a God who created it and sustains it all. But if there was no creation, that evidence for God would be taken away. And evolution in its ultimate end leads to atheism. Philip Johnson put it this way, The whole point of Darwinism or evolution is to show that there is no need for a supernatural creator because nature can do the creating by itself. But Genesis chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning, God created. We use the term, and you may have heard of it or be familiar with, ex nihilo, out of nothing. Now, we have some very creative people in this world. Some amazing minds and talents and and creative abilities. But only God is the ultimate creator and sustainer. Only God, ex nihilo, created out of nothing. In the beginning, God created. But if we take that evidence for God away and there is no... Superior being, no creator, everything becomes relative. Everything is random according to evolution. It's random chance. We are all here by random chance. And if we're just simply here by random chance, there is no basis for truth that is absolute and everything becomes Relative. What is my truth isn't necessarily your truth. What is your truth isn't necessarily my truth. Everything is relative. And that leads also to the thought that man is the center of the universe, as we discussed before. Without God creating and sustaining, man becomes the center of everything. Evolution and humanism go hand in hand. And we also see that the Bible loses its authority. If the creation account found in the Bible is not correct, where can we choose what is and is not correct in God's Word? How can I say, well, the Bible's not correct here. You know, creation was just a myth showing us that God loves us, but but really it was evolution that brought us here. But God still loves us. How can we be sure of that? If Genesis one one is not correct, how do we know that John three sixteen is? John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We can't say for sure. People have said, and even Christians and churches have said that the Bible is God's word, it has great teaching for us, but it's not necessarily correct in matters of science and history. Well, there's some problems with that. Problem number one is how can we determine what is accurate and not accurate? Can we say that it is accurate in everything else? Or if someone comes up and says, well, I don't think it's accurate here. How can I stand and adamantly say, oh, yes, it is? Just not in science or history. Do you see where that logically ends? It's not good. But here is where I think we have failed the most. Another problem with that thought is this as we continue to have scientific breakthroughs and archaeological finds, they're pointing to and proving that the Bible is correct. In history, we're archaeological find after archaeological find that are pointing to the facts of Scripture being proven. The same thing with science. As we can see smaller things better, as we can see things further away better through microscopes and telescopes, we are amazed at how it all fits together. And the more we see, the more we recognize, the more it points to the fact that it's not just random chance. It's not just some, like the watchmaker that throws all the pieces of the watch up in the air, they come and land down and look at it, it's a Rolex. People have tried through the centuries to show errors in Scripture, but they can't. I've told you the story of my friend Art, who uh, was in the army, and and he and some friends had a, a Christian in their platoon. And they would give him grief. And this Christian felt it was his duty to share about his relationship with God. And Art and his friends thought they didn't need to hear that. They were smart. They recognized things. This guy was an idiot who needed the crutch of religion to get through life. So it was interesting. Art would tell his story and shared his testimony that that one day it was just him and this Christian that had a, a job together. I can't even remember what they were doing, but it was just the two of them. And so as they were doing whatever they were doing, it gave them a chance to talk, and sure enough, the Christian brought up what God was doing in his life, and Art said, I don't need to hear that, and the Bible is just a bunch of lies, and you know, it's just a, some myths. And, and so the guy said this. He said, alright Art, I'll tell you what. He said, if you can show me one place in the Bible that is untrue, one principle or verse in the Bible that's not true, I'll never talk to you about Jesus in the Bible again. And Art thought, that's easy. So he said, okay. Well, shortly after that, They all got divided up as they went on to different assignments. But Art had started that process. And for over two years, he searched and he searched and he searched to find a contradiction or an error in the Bible. And guess what happened after that two to three years? He recognized there was a God who cared about him and loved him. And art gave his life to Jesus Christ. As we see more and more scientific breakthroughs, archaeological finds, they point to the truth of the Bible. Does it require faith for me to believe the Bible? Does it take faith for me to believe creation? Absolutely. I wasn't there to observe creation my kids think I'm old but I'm not that old I can't repeat creation but I have a lot more powerful basis for believing creation than I believe then for me believing that I just came about by random chance but what else It also tells us that there's no, if you take it to its conclusion, there's really no life after death. If everything is random, it's all based on naturalism, materialism, nature is all there is, death is the end. And with that, there's no meaning for life. If I don't have anything to live for, it's all just pure chance. There is no purpose for me. If God is not a creator, then I am not created for relationship with Him. And I am not knit together by Him in my mother's womb. I am not made in His image. And I have no purpose. So what about in my life? How does this affect me? You know, I go to the museum... And I see the displays, and some are very fascinating. There's lots of neat things you can learn in a museum. And I just sort of read over quickly the idea of okay, this was, you know, before man evolved, and you just sort of bypass that. Isn't that okay? Well, having a creator versus being the result of evolution by random chance affects me in every area of my life and I need to recognize the battle you see if I believe in a creator he must be the foundation and center of everything that exists he is powerful and he is in control and I believe there is a battle going on between God and a man-centered world and our culture continually tries to direct us to a man-centered world where I'm the center so therefore I'm in control so I can choose I've got the steering wheel And I can direct it whichever way I want to because it's all about me. Where, if I believe that there is a creator and a sustainer, then I must recognize that He is the one who is in control. And I should be focused upon what He thinks and what He desires. And that will radically change who I am what my purpose is and what I do each and every day and there's an exciting part about that a very exciting part about that the fact that there is order and purpose in this world but that creator and the sustainer of the universe cares about me And desires to have relationship with me and when I recognize that it should radically change what I consider important in life but I must choose who and what is my authority and where am I going to place my faith is everything random Or is it based upon order from a Creator? Is there a God? And if there is, is He involved in my world, in my life? The world around me points to to order, not randomness. It points to a Creator that put it all together. So we talked earlier about the authority of Scripture. Not only is it Genesis 1 that we're going to have to call into question if we don't believe in creation, But over and over throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, in the life of Jesus Christ, He claimed that He was the I am and he was the creator of the universe the Old Testament speaks about the creation the New Testament speaks about creation words or verses like John chapter 14 verse 1 and following in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word or in the word was God and it goes on down in verse 14 to say that he was the creator nothing was created without him So if I think that there is not a Creator, then I've got to put into question who is Jesus Christ? How powerful is He? And is He worthy of my worship? But again, over and over we see as we have scientific breakthroughs, as we have archaeological finds, they point more and more to the amazing Creator that we're called to worship. In Job, it talks about the sphere or the circle of the earth. While for many, many, many centuries after that, there was the debate on do we live on a table? Are we going to fall off the edge? Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 18 says this, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who has established it, who did not create it in vain, who formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no other. He created this earth to be inhabited. He created this earth not just to be inhabited by the fish and the birds and the animals, but by us. Man who is created in the image of of God and isn't it amazing that the earth is just the right distance from the sun, the star that we that our our planets revolve around the sun not too close not too far now maybe this last week we wished it was a little closer but just the right distance away as you you look at the universe, as the telescopes can take things that are further and further away and bring them into our ability to see, it's amazing to see how God created it all. It wasn't just a, a pure random chance. And in the amazing power of God's creation, He chose to knit each one of us together in our mother's womb. He chose to desire to have relationship with us and He chose to send His Son Jesus Christ to die for me. And if I was the only person who ever lived, Jesus Christ would have died for me. Why? Because the Creator and Sustainer of the universe loves me. And He loves me when I do right. He loves me when I do wrong. He loves me when I do things that I think are maybe pretty good, maybe. And he he loves me when I do things that he has to be saying, John, what were you thinking? Or were you thinking? Probably not. I am made in his image, and I am made for relationship with him. And because I am made in his image, and I am made for relationship with him, there is purpose in my life, and also physical death is not the end. As I recognize in the beginning, God created, it changes how I live. And so, whether you're fearful about debating it, you need to recognize that evolution, just like creation, takes faith. Where are you going to place your faith? random chance or in the beginning God let's pray father thanks for your goodness and Lord as we consider this creation and Lord it it's a struggle and as we look at different things around us there's things that we can't understand but help us to see you in the creation of this world and as You work in our lives. And Lord, help us to place our faith in the right authority and to seek to follow You. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.